0: So one of the hardest things for a, uh, a minister to do is preach certain sermons because a minister isn't perfect. He's bound to have to preach about something he's guilty of. And just because I'm guilty of something doesn't exempt me from teaching it or preaching it because my job is to dispense God's word no matter what it says, even if I'm guilty of it well how can you preach if you're guilty at well because god called me to do that i don't have to be perfect to deliver a message i've just got to be willing to be his mouthpiece and that's what i'm trying to do but relax i'm not the only one who's guilty of this you are you are you are you everybody in here is guilty about what i'm going to be speaking about I mean, we've talked over the last several times I've been here, we've talked about adultery, uh, you know, fornication, sexual sin, we've talked about euthanasia and abortion, we've talked about you know things that the church accepts uh, that 10, 20 years ago they would have never accepted, but now nobody's saying boo about it, come on in, come as you are, do whatever you want in the church, just as long as you keep up the appearance of godliness but deny the power thereof, we're good. And this is one that is even older and more ingrained than any of the other sins we've talked about and discussed. And it's one that's not so easily conquered. It's not one that's so easily defeated because we fall into it over and over again because we are fallen human creatures. Now, people can stop fornicating, people can stop lying, people can stop, you know, um, murdering, people can stop shooting up and getting high but it seems like we can't stop gossiping and talking about each other it seems like we can't stop killing each other's character murdering each other's spirits it seems like we we can't control this tongue and even the bible says we can't control it but it's not us up to us to control our tongue it's up to the holy spirit that lives within us to control our tongue if I was possessed by a demon, God forbid, I would be doing what the demon wants, what would satisfy the demon's lusting and cravings and particular flavors. How much more so if the Holy Spirit possesses us, that we do things that the Holy Spirit wants us to do. But here's the difference. The demons don't give you a choice. The Holy Spirit does because we are free will creatures and agents, and he will not go against our free will. We have to want to do what the Holy Spirit wants us to do. And so there's the difference there. One thing about teaching a sermon series is uh, it's a love-hate thing. I hate it because I can't cram all that I wanna say into one sitting, but I love it because it's like a cliffhanger or a movie serial and you kind of leave you thirsting for more and so you come back to hear the rest of it to get the whole picture of what i'm talking about so this might be what happens this might turn into a sermon series i really don't know just depends on how the lord uh, guides and and leads us but i think i'll start off by reading a few passages of scripture here in psalm 34 14 the psalmist commands us to he says keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech truth is the foundation of everything if you don't have truth you don't have nothing why don't people trust the government why don't people trust politicians why don't people trust the uh you know the police force nowadays because that trust has been broken we watch the nightly news and they're pumping out lies and passing it off as truth but yet those of us who are awake know they're lying through their stinking teeth so how can we you know keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech the Bible is called the word of truth God is a God of truth Yeshua says Jesus says I am little hint there that he's God in the flesh I am the way in other words the only way to God the truth he's the truth during his mock trial, standing before Pilate, Pilate says, What is truth? And truth was standing right before him I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to God but by me. And then we read in Psalm 120, verse 2, it's a prayer from the psalmist Lord, deliver me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. Most of the time we lie to make something look good, to make ourselves look good, to make somebody else look good, to make a situation look good. Sometimes we lie to protect ourselves and to cover our bums so that we don't get in trouble. But when it's found out, we're just in, in, in deeper hot water than, than really than ever before. So let's, let's turn to James, the book of James, which in the Hebrew is the book of Yaakov, the book of Jacob but that's what we call it in English is James. So James, and I wanna read something from chapter one, then we're gonna spend a lot of time in uh, chapter three. So uh, James, first of all, cover a couple verses in chapter one. Now James was the half brother of Yeshua, half brother of Yeshua our Messiah. And he said in 119, and by the way, he was kind of the leader Of the messianic movement in the first century he says my dearly beloved brethren understand this everyone must be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger quick to hear oh we're quick to hear all right but we're even quicker to respond sometimes we try to finish each other's sentence or or assume that what the, what the person is going to say, and we give them an answer, and sometimes we put our foot in our mouth, and, and they're like, that's not what I was going to say. That's not what I was going to ask. How many times have we as parents have done that to our kids? And then our parents says, Mom, Dad, that wasn't what I was going to say. It makes us feel real stupid. Well, rightly so, because we should have just shut up and listened to our kid. My dearly beloved brother, understand this, everyone must be quick to hear. Let the gears in your brain start moving hear which means not just listen not just hear vocalizations and tonations but hearing mean to understand what the person is saying what they're trying to communicate to hear slow to speak in other words slow to give a response we're not conditioned and trained that way today because everything's got to be now you go to mcdonald's you go to tim hortons everything's now and we get mad when they're behind or lagging behind you know i mean What would we do if we were still on dial-up internet i mean man we get ticked off if it buffers for like three seconds we want stuff now we don't want there to be in radio there's the big sin of called dead air in other words you can't have dead air on the radio you've always got to have something or people will lose interest or tune out or they'll think some technical difficulties think something's wrong so you have to keep speaking and we're trained like that but that's not wise be quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger if you understand and you think about what you say before you say it, you're gonna be slow to anger. You're not gonna be so quick to react. And anger is not necessarily a bad thing. There's righteous anger, but it's how we use that anger. And usually the tongue is the medium that we express that anger. Calling people names, tearing people down. As the saying goes, we have two eyes and two ears and one mouth, therefore we need to see and hear twice as much as we talk. That's hard for a guy like me. (laughs) it's hard for a guy like Aaron it's hard for a guy like Mike Chase we're all speakers right and then James 126 says if anyone thinks he is religious and we're not talking about fuddy-duddy fake religion and, and just the appearance of religion we're talking about true expression of faith and doctrine and what you believe if anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue then he is then his religion is useless and he is deceiving himself so the basis of our faith the foundation is truth and the expression of that truth is our tongue and if we can't control it we don't have a very solid uh mode of faith anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue then his religion is useless and he deceives himself the tongue is like trying to control a toddler who ate too much cotton candy and drunk a can of red bull yeah that toddler would be bouncing off the wall that's how hard it is to control the tongue it's like a toddler on on a sugar high and on a caffeine high so let's finally move on to james chapter three where he talks a lot about the tongue yakov james warns he says not many of you should become teachers sometimes people see me sitting up here and they like what they hear and like i want to do that no you don't not many of you should be teachers my brothers and sisters since you know that we guys like me aaron mike whoever will receive a stricter judgment because we are held accountable for what we say You're accountable you're held accountable for what you say but because we have a public spotlight a public forum we're we're more responsible because we influence people we teach people and if we're teaching or saying the wrong thing or abuse the the privilege of the pulpit we're going to be judged stricter not many of you should become teachers my brothers and sisters since you know that we will receive a stricter judgment for we all stumble in many ways if someone not uh, if someone does not stumble in speech he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body as well so that's the definition of a perfect person a perfect human being is if they're able to control their speech but the thing is nobody can do that nobody's ever done that but yeshua messiah himself he was the only perfect man that was able to control his speech if someone does not stumble in speech he is a perfect man or a perfect person able to bridle the whole body as well and we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us and we guide their whole body as well see also the ship though they are so large and are driven by strong winds they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs so also the tongue is a small member I've got some facts here, I'm not even, uh, maybe I can find them. Okay, yeah, our tongue is only 60 to 70 grams. That's two to three ounces of a hunk of meat in our mouth. That's how small our tongue is, 60 to 70 grams or two to three ounces. And so it says, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great things. See how small a fire set ablaze so great a forest. The tongue is a fire. The tongue is a world of evil placed among our body parts. It pollutes the whole body and sets on fire the course of life, set on fire by hell or set on fire by Gehenna. How our mouth gets us in trouble. I mean, the the latest thing going around the Internet is the, the latest Hollywood award ceremony when a comedian said something about jada pinkett smith will smith yeah chris rock said something about will smith's wife jada pinkett he said you keep your my wife's name out of your mouth right chris rock's speech got him in trouble he didn't need to keep jada's you know name in his mouth right and and so there were memes and videos and all this stuff about it for weeks and everybody was talking about it right I remember one time uh, as a teenager, and you know how you know, that's probably nearly impossible for a teenager to control their tongue, right? We do a little bit better at it, but we're still not that great at it. But I remember my mom made me mad one time. I was probably what, four, 13, 14, thir- somewhere around there. And my mom just made me so mad and she was nagging me and complaining. And I started marching up the steps and under my breath, I said the B word. What did you say? Uh, which, which, I said which. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. She's going to tell my dad and my dad's going to kill me. So, Proverbs 12, 18 says, there is one who speaks rashly. In other words, quick without thinking, like one thrusting a sword. I was using a sword to get back at my mama because I didn't like what she was saying. And Proverbs twenty-five, eighteen says, A man giving false testimony against his neighbor is like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow. Maybe that's where we get the term tongue lashing. So, you know, I've got this uh, knife right here. I mean, it's a butter knife, but it can still do some damage. It's still got little serrations on there. I could cut a steak with this if I had to. I could, I could shank you if I wanted to. You know so does that make the knife bad make the knife evil no there's nothing evil about a knife it's just how i use it equally i could use it to hurt you or to harm you but just as equally i could use it to defend you if you're being attacked you know it's it's like a scalpel there's people who have held other people hostages and put a scalpel to somebody's jugular but in the hands of a surgeon you can cut out cancer you can cut out a lot of bad things and, and, and promote healing through that scalpel. So it's, it's how you use it. And uh, you know this, uh, this little mini torch here, this lighter, I haven't seen anything like this. I mean, yeah, sure, lighters are associated you know with smoking. I could light a cigarette with it. I could light a joint with it. I could light a crack pipe with it. I could get mad at somebody and go to their house and use this to burn their house down. Does it make the lighter evil or bad? Does it make fire a bad thing? No, equally, in a survival situation, this lighter would be my best friend, better than two sticks or better than two flint rocks. You know, I could, I could use this to start a fire, to cook a meal, to keep myself warm. I could use this for a lot of good things. It's the same thing with the tongue. The tongue is the exact same thing. It's just a hunk of meat, It's how we use that hunk of meat that counts, which makes it good or bad, and that is so hard to do. There's another verse that talks about how dangerous the the tongue is, Psalm 104, verse three. They make their tongues as sharp as a snake's bite. Vipers venom is under their lips. So our speech could be used to poison people, poison things. And you know, you think of the prophetic scriptures as well. Yeshua says that he is the word, right? And in John chapter 1 says that he was the creative agent that spoke things into creation. We are made in the image of God. We can create and destroy with our tongues, just like Yeshua created the world. And just like in Revelation, it said a sharp sword is going to come out of his mouth and destroy all the enemies. So we got to think of our tongue in that way. Psalm 34, 12 through 13 says, who is the man who delights in life, loving a long life to enjoy what is good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceitfully. When I called my mom a B word that one day, I think that's the first and the only time I ever said that. Because I was more afraid of what my dad was going to do than anything else. But according to Deuteronomy chapter 21, 18 through 21, I should have been stoned. I should have been killed because of that. I got off real easy, if you ask me. And my mom, she would always say, your mouth gets you in more trouble than anything else. I mean, how many wars are started because of what some president or king or politician said? And maybe it wasn't meant in a bad way, but it was taken in the wrong way. How many fights even among us get out of control because of a simple misunderstanding or or, or a poor use of words? I mean, that's what Facebook is all about. Face it. Nobody's really there to to look at, at a bunch of cat videos and to see personal photos and pictures. They want to see what the latest drama is on Facebook or Twitter, what somebody's ranting and raving about. And I see people all the time, some people from this very place that's typing F words in their, in their uh, status, Saying, you better stop effing with me, and you better stop effing saying this and saying effing that, and I'll get you, you B-word, and blah, 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 blah. They know you're a part of this place. They know you claim to walk with the Lord. How does that make you look? Real bad. That is not controlling your tongue. Oh, I'm just being real. Oh, give it a rest. Just being real. Being real is realizing you have a problem with your tongue and trying to do something about it to alleviate that. Not trying to save face or bolster up your reputation because you think you're such a, 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 you know, a big boy. Like, come on. That's what's getting real. Saying, hey, I've got a problem with my speech. And we even talked about that, cussing and swearing. That was another, you know, sermon that we talked about. That's accepted in the church now. Even some preachers cuss. Oh, that's just great. Let's go watch the freak show. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Which means guarding the tongue is a job. Guarding the tongue takes effort. People see, you know, watch watchmen or guards. Oh, that's an easy job. You just walk around and check locks, look at cameras all day. Why do you think they fall asleep all the time? It's a hard job. It's not easy to stay awake and to stay on guard. You get too comfortable, and that's when you lose focus and something bad happens, and then it happens on your watch, and you get fired, and you get in trouble for it. So guarding the tongue is the same way. It's a 24-7 proposition. Now, have you ever seen somebody in court standing before the judge, and their mouth gets them in trouble? They're already in trouble because they broke the law. And then they're trying to say, "Oh no, it wasn't my fault. No, it's not me. I don't have the problem. This person has the problem." And they start bad mouthing and talking back to the judge. He's like, "Well, I was just going to give you 60 days. How about 90?" What? Blah 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 blah. Okay, 100. Blah 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 blah. Okay, 200. You want to go for a year? Keep it up. Your mouth gets you in trouble. Let's finish chapter three of uh, James. For every species of beast and birds and reptiles of this, and sea creatures is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. I mean, how much does Shamu weigh? But yet people can tell Shamu to jump through a hoop and Shamu jumps through a hoop. That's pretty impressive. Verse 8, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's untamable. Even the shrew is easily tamed more than the tongue. Did you get that, my Shakespeare reference there? Yeah. Um, But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Huh. Get this the contradiction here. Here's the paradox verse 9 with it. We bless Adonai our father Yep, just like in this oh praise Jesus. Oh, yeah, I speak the name of Jesus I love that song. all oh, praise the Lord and we're singing praise and worship songs and then the next day somebody insults us And we get on Facebook and call them an MF and all this kind of stuff With it we bless Adonai our father and with it we curse people who are made in the image of God have you ever thought about that? If, if, if I cuss somebody out, I'm cussing God out. Not saying that a person's God, but they're made in the image of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be. A spring doesn't pour out fresh and bitter water from the same opening, does it? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree produce olives? Or a vine produce figs. Neither can salt water produce fresh water. That is James' his admonition regarding the tongue. We don't take our speech as serious as we need to, as as serious as we should. And like I said, I'm as guilty as the next uh, guy getting caught up in a good juicy story. The proverb says something that, you know, that, that that gossip is like juicy bits that we eat up and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Why do you think reality shows are so popular? These people can't act. These people are acting like crazy darn fools on the television, but we love the drama, why? If we turn the volume off, would we still watch that reality show? No, because it wouldn't make sense and be just a bunch of people with their arms flailing around and their mouths flapping. And a lot of weird looks on people's faces no we watch it specifically because of what they say because we enjoy the drama we know what they're doing and saying is wrong but man I can't get enough of the you know real housewives of Atlanta I can't get enough of the Kardashians right because it's, it's drama it's evil speech but yeah we're sucked into it it's juicy morsels and we can't get enough of it because our fallen nature is, is, is geared and, and magnetically drawn to those things. So, and I know that I've said this before, and I I almost hate to bring it up because I feel like I'm repeating myself, but repetition sometimes is the best way of learning. And the more you hear it, the more it gets ingrained in you. I mean, that's why slogans work. I mean, most of us can probably sing little ditties in our sleep because these companies has pumped it on commercials all the time. Everybody knows what that is. That's McDonald's. I'm loving it, right? I mean, it gets stuck because it's repetitive. So more so with the word of God, the more we repeat it, the more it becomes a part of us, the more we get it into us. But this whole speech thing, in Judaism, it's taken extremely, extremely seriously. Definitely not as serious as we take it. If I'm lying about somebody or gossiping about somebody, yeah, somebody's going to get offended. Somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. Somebody's going to get mad. But would anybody accuse me of, of murder? When you murder somebody, you can't bring them back. Only Jesus rose back from the dead. So when you kill somebody, it's final, it's a finality. So in Judaism, they look at gossip and slander and lying and evil speech as a form of murder simply because of the reaction that it gets. If I embarrass one of you, I mean, somehow maybe I know a story from your childhood that you thought that nobody knew or or whatever, and and I embarrass you. You may blush. What is blushing? Blushing is the release of blood that comes to the surface of the skin. Your cheeks get rosy and red because you're embarrassed. Judaism considers that shedding blood. Just as if you murdered somebody, shanked somebody, slit their throat. Equally. If I knew how to press your buttons and said something or did something to tick you off you would get angry your nostrils would flare and your face would get red just the same way it would get red if you were embarrassed because blood is rushing to the surface of your skin Judaism says you just shed blood you just committed murder because you slandered somebody you shamed somebody you embarrassed somebody you you assassinated their character you, you, you killed their spirit, in a sense. So this is called Lashon Hara in the Hebrew, which means the evil tongue or the evil speech. Lashon Hara. And like I said, it's considered a serious offense on the same level as murder. And I think that we should see it the same way. Because if we did, it would keep us from saying and doing a lot of the things that we do, sometimes even without thinking. So basically, Lashon Hara, evil speech is defined as this, gossip, lies, slander, derogatory remarks. I might even add jabs or barbs that say, oh, I was just joking. Oh, yeah, but behind that joke, you meant it. Behind that joke, you were serious. You you wanted that little jab, that little barb in there. But you're passing it off as good ribbed humor. Uh Uh-uh. Gossip, lie, slander, derogatory remarks, inflammatory speech, negative or destructive criticism, condemn condemnation, ridicule, rumors, belittling or making fun of someone purposely pushing someone's buttons false accusations insinuating remarks defamation of character character assassination planting seeds of doubt basically speaking anything including the truth that might take some of you by surprise and shock some of you speaking anything including truth that will bring any type of destruction or hurt or loss to another person. This is not restricted to speech, but includes one's body language and facial expressions, which is another type of speech. By the look on my face, you can tell if I'm disgusted. And it's interesting that disgust is the only asymmetrical facial expression. If I'm happy, both sides of my face go up. If I'm sad, both sides of my face go down. If I'm disgusted, my lip curls. Only one side goes up. And one eye squints, I'm like, uh, you could tell if I'm disgusted. So your facial expressions and your body language, if I cross my arms, either I'm cold or I'm trying to protect myself because I'm angry or mad i'm sending a message by my face and by my body that can be considered lashon hara as well because it is a type of speech though it is not in written form though it is not in spoken form now you know people may have been thrown off when i said even saying something in truth now for instance when sarah uh, was gonna have a baby god said you're gonna have a baby (laughs) she said to god are you serious i'm gonna have a baby i'm an old woman And my husband's an old man. Basically, what she was implying there in the Hebrew, he's impotent. So, when God relayed the story to Abraham, did he tell Abraham, hey, guess what Sarah said? You're an old man. You can't get it up. No, God left that part out. Did God lie? No, he was just omitting something he knew would hurt Abraham that would hurt his feelings, hurt his pride. It was unnecessary so he left that out it well why why did god leave it out it was the truth because it would hurt somebody honey does this make my butt look big (laughs) what's the right answer to that no No, dear i mean come on (laughs) you know we know that, that there's a saying in judaism that every bride is beautiful I'll tell you, I've seen some pretty ugly brides. (laughs) I've seen some pretty ugly babies. You know, it's a face only a mother could love. But am I going to say that? It may be the truth in my eyes, but I'm not going to say that. Because that is going to hurt somebody. It's not lying. It's just omitting the truth. And that's what even Spock said. Vulcans cannot lie. Vulcans do not lie. But we have no problem omitting the truth. Just don't say it. As your mother said if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all there's some merit to that so there are basically two types two main types of lashon hara. Uh, making a remark that in any way puts down or belittles another person making a remark that in any way puts down or belittles another person and for that i'm going to turn to matthew matthew chapter 5 verse 21 and 22 okay it says you have heard it was said of those of old you shall not murder and whoever commits murder shall be subject to judgment but i tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother shall be subject to judgment and whoever says raka which is like a derogatory term shall be subject to the council to judgment whoever says you fool shall be subject to the fires of hell to the fires of gehenna so raka is putting somebody down you fool is putting somebody down it's derogatory speech it's belittling another person so even yeshua talked about and he even yeshua even equated speech with murder we just read it If you're angry with your brother in your heart you've committed murder because it's your anger that causes you to say you stupid idiot it's your anger that causes you to say something that hurts another person that murders them in some way so that's the first type of lashon hara. the second type is making a remark which causes another person to be hurt physically mentally spiritually emotionally or financially And most of the time that's done behind somebody's back as it was done in Numbers chapter 12. Interestingly enough, this week, our Torah portion was part of it was Numbers chapter 12. And for the sake of time, I won't read it. But basically, Moses had some family issues. His older brother and older sister, his sister, who basically raised him, was like a second mother, started uh, questioning his authority. And Aaron jumped in and started questioning Moses' authority. Well, I mean, why is he the leader? Why is he the only one who's, who's, who's leader? I mean, hasn't God spoken to us just like he's spoken to Moses? How come we don't share the responsibility of leadership? And by the way, what's with this Cushite wife that he has? Saying something against his wife. And apparently they said it behind his back because God says, Ah, uh, Moses, Aaron, Miriam, come to the tabernacle right now. They're like, what for? Okay, now that you're here, Miriam, Aaron, come forward. Moses was clueless. And so it was revealed for the first time of what they said behind Moses' back. And these remarks caused him mental and emotional harm because you're talking about his wife. You don't talk about somebody's wife unless you want a fat lip, (laughs) right? Those are fighting work. You don't talk about somebody's wife. You don't talk about somebody's mama. And in most cases, you don't talk about somebody's sister. If you have to climb a water tower with a can of spray paint to defend your sister's honor, you just might be a redneck, right? (laughs) Remember that one? So Moses hurt because his wife, because his wife was being talked about. Well, it didn't say anything about Moses, really. It was more about his wife. So what's the deal? The two shall be one flesh. You talk about my wife, you talk about me. And that's the way Moses took it. Our words can cause embarrassment, shame, anger, or rage. In both cases, as I said, the face becomes red because blood rushes to the surface of the skin. Thus, shedding blood, murder, character assassination, killing somebody's spirit, killing somebody's will. Proverbs 18, 14 says, a person's spirit can endure sickness, but who can survive a broken spirit? It says in the in uh, I think Ephesians, uh, I may not get that right, but it's in there somewhere, where it says you're not to exasperate your children or provoke your children to anger. And what that is really saying in the Greek is don't break their spirit. Some children just give up because I can't please my parents. I can't do anything right. I can't say or do anything right. I always get it wrong, and they just stop trying because the parents expect too much. They break the child's will, they break the child's spirit, and how is that done? By their words, by their speech, by putting them down all the time. You'll never amount to anything. You can't do anything right. How come everything you touch, you break? How can you be so stupid? Those things tear down a child. could be handled a totally different way. Listen, buddy, I mean, I know you tried, but you made a mistake. How about doing it this way next time, and maybe you'll get a better result? Or I may I know you didn't mean to do this but this is what happened this is why I ask you to stay away from my power tools. You know, st- there's different ways to handle it. Proverbs 18:21 Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruits. I can either build you up, bring you life by encouraging you or I can put you down by degrading you all because of my tongue. So brings life. Proverbs 12:18 part B, the tongue of the wise brings healing. It can bring death. Psalm 104 verse 3. They make their tongues as sharp as snake bite, as a snake's bite. Vipers venom is under their lips. And you remember the story I told about the cursing farmer. Right? He was losing all of his livestock. Because little did he know, he was actually condemning them to death by saying GD this and GD that to the animals. And a minister called him out on it and realized that he was causing this. So life and death is in the power of the tongue. Why do you think curses actually work? Because there's power in our speech. Why do you think voodoo works? Because there's power in words. There's power in speech so what is considered lashon hara evil speech or evil tongue number one a statement that hurts another person when nothing derogatory is said you didn't mean it a statement that hurts another person when nothing derogatory is said so ephesians 5:4 says obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable but rather giving thanks so if you know a person can't take a joke Don't joke with them. Like if somebody was making fun of me or something, it's no big deal. Like it's like you know, me and Al joke around all the time, or me and Aaron joke around all the time, or something like that. But if it's somebody I don't know very well, how do I know if they're being serious? If it's really a jab or not? So you really have you have to really know the person well in order to rib them or banter with them in good good humor. Um. Two, Lashawn Hurrah can be written. Or even facial expressions or body language, like social media, graffiti. You know the, the the parents look like when I was in church and I was sitting in the back because the back was cool when I was little. Me and the other kids were talking and joking around. We got a little bit a little bit loud when we're laughing and joking around, and the preacher's still preaching. Parents would look back and that look. You knew what that look meant. Shut up or I'm getting the belt. Shut up or I'm breaking out in the wooden spoon when we get home. That straightened you right up. So that's that's a form of speech. Uh, let's read. Like I said, I've got several different sets of notes because I'm trying to obey the Spirit and what the Lord wants me to say on this. Because I've covered this ground before in other places. But in uh, Proverbs. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6. You guys still with me? Yeah. All right. Proverbs 6 verse 12. A scoundrel and a wicked man is one who goes around with a perverse mouth, winking his eyes and shuffling his feet and pointing with his fingers. That is body language. Who continually plots evil with a deceitful heart and stirs up strife. So there's an example of facial expressions, body language being a form of lashon hara. And Proverbs sixteen three says. The one who narrows his eyes is planning deception. And the one who compresses his lips is about to bring evil. Now, what does that mean? You know, when somebody narrows their eyes at somebody. They're plotting. They're about ready to do something. What does it mean by somebody pursing their lips? When somebody purses their lips, it means they're angry. It means they're thinking about something. And they're about ready to do something. And that's what this proverb is talking about. So, number three... A story about another person, even when you don't use names because one can figure out who you're talking about. I've been guilty of that. Oh, I think, well, it's not wrong because I'm not mentioning anybody's names, but everybody knows who I'm talking about because everybody knows the situation and just be, I'm not innocent just because I'm not mentioning names. A story about another person, even when you don't use names because one can figure out who you're talking about. Well, I can't say, but I think I know you know who I mean. Let's just say he might have a Napoleon complex. Oh, you're talking about Mike Chase. You guys figure that out, right? Because he's short, right? Something like that. Um, or this is this is one that we got to be careful of a story about another person, even when you don't use names and one can figure out who is being talked about. Disguising it as a prayer request. Oh, I know we're just in a circle of friends and it doesn't go any further than this. But oh my goodness, you need to pray for Sally because Sally's hanging the wrong crowd and she's been doing this and she's been doing that. I know it won't go any further than this. You may say pray for Sally, but who needs to know the details? You can just say she's in a bad way. She's made some bad decisions. You don't need to give the details. That is Lashona Hurrah and you're disguising it as a prayer request and you think you're righteous for doing it so that's ones Christians are guilty of number four one may not belittle another person even if no damage would be caused due to the fact the listener would not believe the report so even though you're talking about somebody and the other person don't believe you doesn't get you off the hook because you're still planting a seed of doubt every um, everyone I know has told me and my wife uh she's a top-notch nurse and um i'd like to uh, you know and i'd like someone to say pam you know like if somebody was said pam couldn't nurse a barbie doll back to health i know that wouldn't be true i wouldn't believe it because everybody said that my wife is a top-notch nurse everybody says how great of a nurse she is but if somebody said pam couldn't nurse a barbie doll back to health even though i wouldn't believe it they shouldn't have said it because it's LaShone hurrah because it's belittling someone, even though if it's, if it's something that's not believed. Like I said, it plants a seed of doubt. Number five, repeating a story that belittles another person is classified as Lashon Hara, even if it's public knowledge. Just because everybody knows it doesn't mean you, you have the right to repeat the story. Well, everybody knows it anyway. So what? Let it die. So what? Give it up. You don't need to repeat it over. like a bonehead embarrassing event you were trying to live down but it keeps coming up all the time and it's embarrassing and you just wish it would die or you know something the town drunk floozy or burnout did well everybody knows they did it it's in the past let it stay in the past don't bring it up why bring it? what's the purpose of bringing it up the only person purpose of bringing it up is to put that person down I was with someone today, and a certain person walked down the road. Oh, there goes so-and-so. Oh, that person's out of jail again. Why did they even have to say anything? We don't know what's in that individual's heart. We don't know if they're trying to change, and maybe they've tried to change a hundred times, and it hasn't stuck, and it's like, oh, they'll never change. How do you know? You're selling God short. You shouldn't have just said anything instead you see that person walking down the road and your first in- instinct is like oh there goes so and so instead you said oh lord please help so and so how many times are we guilty of that? i'm guilty of that number six if someone is uh if something is said derogatory or belittling in nature in a joking manner like in proverbs chapter six, uh, 26 Proverbs talks about this. And like I said, if you really know the person and you know you can get away with a joke and you literally don't mean anything by it, I'm not saying that we can't have fun or whatever. But be careful because Proverbs 26, 18 through 19 says, Like a madman shooting firebrands and deadly arrows, so is one who deceives his friend and says, eh, I was only joking. How many times have people meant something and then they pawn it off saying, oh, it's just a joke. You can't take a joke. No, you meant it. So if some, something is said in a derogatory or belittling, in a, in a, uh, belittling way in a joking manner. All right. So if you wouldn't say it in the presence of Yeshua or to the person's face, it shouldn't be said at all you notice how brave people are on facebook and on twitter they can say anything about anybody and they think they're untouchable on the internet but you say that you put that person in front of that person's face that they were talking about i bet they wouldn't say boo Mm -hmm. they wouldn't say anything so if you if you wouldn't say it in the presence of yeshua or you wouldn't say it to the person's face don't say it Cause you may be embarrassed and they may be in the next room in here and here say wait what'd you say say it to my face see what happens so saying even saying i don't trust that person because they're a gossip makes you a gossip too isn't that ironic you think you're trying to protect somebody but again this is probably something that's public knowledge probably everybody knows that a certain person's a gossip but to point it out and say it makes you a gossip too someone challenged an ancient rabbi by saying explain the entire law of moses explain the five books of moses explain the torah explain the entire law standing on one foot and the rabbi replied that which you don't want done to yourself don't do to others the rest is just commentary basically he quoted the golden rule do unto others as you would have them do unto you that is that's basically the whole law in a nutshell jesus said it in matthew 7 12. it says but the rabbi said it in a negative way and jesus said it in a positive way that which you don't want done to yourself don't do to others where jesus said do unto others as you would have them doing to you so i'll have to pray about it more but uh maybe the lord will have me continue this uh series later but i think this is a good stopping point gave you a lot maybe too much to chew on because this is hard it's even hard for me i've even caught myself breaking all these rules myself because the tongue is a hard thing to tame so something that we have to be on guard with all the time something that we must pray about and be vigilant about and you know what maybe (laughs) that's why some people take a vow of silence to kind of break themselves of that I mean, how much communication can you give to somebody without saying anything? We're so dependent upon our speech. But as they say, actions speak louder than words. So maybe we should show what we mean more than say what we mean. Maybe that would make a bigger difference. I remember this one time I was in a church. And uh, there was some stupid squabble about some doctrinal point you know something that really wasn't a, a salvation issue or wasn't a real issue and it was getting really heated and you can tell that these two individuals their voices were starting to get to raise you can tell they were biting their tongues because derogatory things or accusations were about ready to be flown because all oh, you heretic or you blasphemer or whatever you know whatever and i could tell that the situation was getting tense and i knew that there was nothing that i could say that could diffuse that fight that was about ready to break out that verbal confrontation over some stupid doctrine that really is not an eternal salvation issue so what the lord told me to do is to go and get a pail of water and wash that person's feet so i ran and got water as fast as i could and i knelt down and as they're still arguing i'm untying this guy's shoes and then he kind of stops and looks down wondering what i'm doing and i start washing his feet and I looked at the other guy I said we love this brother we love him we may disagree that's okay it's not it's not a big deal to disagree on this and because I showed the man that I loved him and that I had no offense against him even though I didn't believe what he was saying or agreed with what he was saying it diffused the argument so sometimes our actions will speak louder many times our actions will speak louder than our words all right let's go ahead and close with a word of prayer Oh, this is another one of those times, Lord, where I preach a message and I'm walking away and I feel like I didn't say everything that I wanted to say or needed to say or I, I struggled and had a hard time getting my point across, stumbling through my notes. And I, you know, maybe that was just the enemy attacking because this is such a pertinent, important issue in our lives, in our community, in our faith, and it can make a, a, a life or death difference, a world of difference. And if we don't get this, we don't really get it and apply it, then pretty much anything else we learn is is irrelevant it won't mean anything so lord i pray that your holy spirit would use the foolishness of my speech the stumbling of my words and that your holy spirit would get the meaning across into the hearts and minds of these people that we would intimately and desperately and sincerely know how serious our speech is how powerful it is how detrimental it can be if we don't guard it and look after it if we don't use our teeth like stones around a campfire you just don't put a bunch of wood there and start a campfire it'll spread and burn down the forest just like james says a little spark can set a forest on fire but if you set stones around that fire you can you can control that fire and you can start cooking on it You can warm yourself, you won't burn down the forest. May our lips and our teeth be like those stones around a campfire, because our tongue, it says in the word, is a unruly fire. And we ask that your Holy Spirit help us to control our tongue, help us to control our speech, we all come in agreement and submit ourselves to you, giving you permission, O oh Lord, for your Holy Spirit to control our tongue and to control us because we don't want to be in control. We've seen too many times how when we're in control, how we can run a good thing. So help us, Lord. This is a make or break situation for us. People are either going to come to the Lord or run away from the Lord by our speech, by the way we use our tongue. And if we're gossiping, lying, slandering, belittling, condescending criticizing destructively nobody's going to want to come to know the lord we're going to run people off because of our speech because we're using our tongue as as a flame as a blowtorch, to, to to burn the enemy or to burn the innocent really or we're using our tongue like a sword to destroy rather than a scalpel to heal and as the word says the words of the wise bring healing Help us to see, you know, there's a joke, you know, people who know martial arts, I've got my hands registered as deadly weapons. Our tongue should be registered as a deadly weapon. And our mouth needs to be the holster to hold in that deadly weapon. And we need to be trained on how to use it. Just as you go to the gun range and firing range and take courses to learn how to handle a gun. We need to learn how to control our speech and handle our speech. And the only way we do that is to continue to immerse ourselves in the Word of God, to continue to immerse ourselves in prayer, to continue to immerse ourselves in places like this of study, to where we can get more of the Word of God, because that is what transforms our life. The living active Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword, can divide the truth. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen.